Hi, this is Lisa Hawkins with Christian Warrior Woman. Want to start by stating apologize for my voice. It appears I may be getting a little cold, but my throat has been sore all day. So I apologize in advance if I sound kind of froggy, but that's not going to stop what I'm going to share in a, in a message today. If you're on the Facebook page, you'll probably see today that I put something up there about poor decisions create poor people. And one of the things that I find in coaching women and in ministering to people, or even in my own life, things where I felt like I wasn't being successful, many times we try to carry the burden and figure it out all in ourselves or we'll pray to the Lord and we'll be like, oh, wow, the Lord's not giving me answers. And in a lot of cases, what we don't realize is the answer is in our environment. The answer could be a person sitting next to you at work. The answer is maybe someone who knows a little bit more biblical scripture than you. The answer can be in an older and wiser family member. Many times we look for the sky to part and the seas to be divided when, and we're asking the Lord to send me a sign and the Lord is sitting there like, you have signs all around you where you can get the answer to your problem. So you might say, well, what do you mean, Lisa? Where, where are my answers? Many of your answers are in people. When we look at what are some of the key reasons people wind up stuck or wind up anxious, believe it or not, it's a simple question, afraid to ask for help, afraid to seek someone wiser and be vulnerable and be transparent on what you don't know. Hmm, maybe a little pride is in there. Let me share a scripture with you, and this is on making wrong decisions. The first wrong decision is realizing that you, one person, one woman, doesn't have all the answers. That's why God created us individual. We all have our own imprint. We all have our own, um, what do you call it, our own fingerprint. Because we all have talents and skills that bring value to those around us. And so one of the exercises that I'm going to have you do in your journal today is as, as I'm talking through this, I want you to start listing people that you could seek for answers to an area if you, that where you're struggling in. Maybe it's finances, or maybe it's just managing your money wiser or putting away savings for college education for your children, or maybe saving for a vacation, or maybe a trip to Israel, whatever that may be. And you may know someone, maybe in your family, maybe outside your family, someone that you could go to and just say, you know, I need help. I need help in managing my money better. You will be surprised how many people will, number one, feel flattered that you ask them. And number two, they will be very willing to help you because they have probably been 
where you are at some point in their life. And you may say, well, Lisa, I don't have a whole lot to save. It doesn't matter. It's learning the principle because how you treat something small, when the Lord bless you with the landfall of something bigger, you'll know how to manage it and you will be prepared. So whatever that may be. So let me read you a couple of scriptures. Let's look at James 4.17. And these are scriptures about avoiding wrong decisions. So whatever, so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. So let's say for an example that you are a recently married woman, let's say just under five years married, and you find that you're struggling in your marriage. But you know of successful women who appear to have had longevity in their marriage. They seem to have good relationships. And you kind of notice that there's fruit in their marriage. Would that person not be a person that you might invite to lunch, invite out for coffee, or you might just ask, could you have 15, 20 minutes of their time on the phone to talk? And guess what? Seek their wisdom on how to make your marriage successful and strong and impactful to, you know, each other and maintain the passion. Because the last thing you want to do, and this would fall under wrong decision, is wait until you have a serious problem to then ask someone to help you. We want to be proactive, right? We want to not wait till our lives are blowing up before we then go to dump this on someone and say, help me with this problem. And the people, if you're in that situation, there'll be people that'll help you, whether at church or professionals that can help you. But why not be smart and get ahead of what are the things successful women, wives do to keep a husband? What do successful single women do to be impactful and have excitement in their life before they meet Mr. Right or have a family and have children. I will tell you that the time that I was single as a believer was so exciting and I was able to do so many things, see so many things and be a part of so many things that when I got married, I wasn't able to be as involved as I would like to be. And anybody who knows me, I always have 20 things going. So even married, I got 20 things going. But when I was single, I was able to have 40 things going. So if you get that, you know, so when I hear people who act like they're single and they don't have anything to do, I'm like, are you kidding me? I could give you a hundred things to do right now that could bring excitement and joy and fun and can engage you in meeting people. I, I It's so pierce my heart with sadness when I meet single women who, when I ask, what are they doing? What are they into? They have no hobbies. They're doing no traveling. They're meeting no new people. They're going nowhere. And you might say, well, maybe they don't have the money. There's a lot of things to do free that you could do locally, that you can share with another person. You could go on a trip to the beach and be share one room with two other girls and split it. There's all kinds of things to do. Then sit home waiting for some guy to knock on the door to save your life. That's not 
that's a wrong decision. Live your life. Find, you know, and that's why I love the story of Ruth. Let that guy or man that God sends you find you busy doing something fun and exciting and having your life activated. No man wants a boring person. Maybe learn a language. Teach yourself. Learn some skills. Paint. Learn to write a book. I don't know what that may be for you. Dancing. Ballet. Go to the theater. Go to plays. You know, maybe something ancestral. Dig into your family history. But find things that excite you and start getting engaged. Because wouldn't it be great for you to meet someone while you're doing something you love? So let's look at another scripture. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your ways. So what's the number two thing that you can do? You can trust God in your decisions. You can pray. You can fast. You can take communion. You can read your word. You can seek advice from others. You can have others pray with you. But you can, you will get an answer from God if you pursue God for an answer. So never result in guessing what you should do and thinking, well, then maybe God will just help you because you guessed. You don't have to guess as a believer. Your temple, the Lord abides in you. Do you think if he has something for you to do or you're seeking him for something to do, that he's not going to bring you an answer, whether through another person, but it's always going to register in your spirit. I have had people in the past, and I've given um, prophetic words, and I've also had people give me prophetic words that I knew wasn't from the Lord. It didn't register in my spirit, or it was a word that was going to be in my future. But even a lot of times, words that are going to come in the future relate to something I already know. So do I write it off and say, oh, that they don't know what they're talking about? No, I thank them for the word, but I let the word manifest through my faith in God. I don't go running to do what that word may be. For example, someone gave me a word um, probably about seven years ago, eight years ago. And they said, I hear your voice going out to the nations and sharing the word of God. Well, I could have chosen. I said, oh, they told me he hears. When they said that to me, I said, oh, am I going to be on the radio? Well, what if I had gone and started putting my money into um, trying to be on the radio? Speaking because someone gave me a prophetic word. Well, if the Lord has that plan for you, it's going to happen. So what can you do to prepare for that? I can know the word. I can pray. And I can just pray for the Lord to reveal his plan to me. I didn't need to go to the radio, start interviewing at radio stations, telling them that, I'm supposed to be on the radio, so I'm, I'm here to interview so I can be on the radio, right? What I do love is that 
I, when I have received prophetic words from the Lord, it resonated with something else. Because since I was a young child, I've had people tell me that I have a radio voice. That was why I thought of the radio. But it's eight years later, and I have spoken internationally, but the way this word was given to me, that women all over the world would hear my voice. Never did I think it would be this podcast. And when I started the podcast, it was like within the first week, I was reminded of that word. And when I looked at the list of all the different countries where women were listening from Hungary, Nigeria, I'm giving y'all a shout out now, um, South Africa, from Singapore, Malaysia, you know, America, of course, and um, South Africa, if I haven't said it, and Nigeria, and it was Kenya, and it was all these countries that I had, would have, did not plan, but God had already proclaimed it. So when we talk about making right decisions, we want to wait on the Lord. We don't want to run ahead of the Lord like I used to do and figure that the Lord will catch up and will bless me because I'm doing something good. You could do something good and it not be part of God's plan for you. Correct? Is that sinking in? So what I want you to do, what's another wrong decision? To try to be that Martha, to try to be working and keeping yourself busy. I want you, if you have a history of feeling that you're making the wrong decisions, then I want you to sit at the feet of Jesus. I want you to read and absorb his word and realize that he is going to provide you with wisdom and with knowledge. And those are things you can ask for when you're praying and when you're asking, Lord, show me how you want me. How do you want me to move forward? on what you've called me to do. I always, I learned from a minister that I was seeking because I was getting a lot of these powerful prophetic words and I was like, these sound like dreams or fantasies, but not my reality. And I spoke to someone um, that I respect that, you know, trains ministers and is, is a strong biblical scholar as well. And they said to me, it appears, Lisa, that the Lord is sharing his secrets with you and that the Lord loves sharing secrets with his people. And I will tell you that small tidbit of information is so true. And I am I am here to bear witness that the Lord has shared secrets of one sentence that have changed my environment, changed where I lived, changed my life. And he will do the same for you. When you hear believers such as myself telling you what the Lord has done and shown them, never believe it's because they are so holy or they are so chosen. Do you know what it is most of the time? The Lord knew that those individuals would share it and encourage you to know that what he has done for me, he will do for you and then some. Because my, my 
talents and skills are not your talents and skills. And so you want to know that if he's doing it for Lisa, then he's doing it for you. And it doesn't matter if you live in a poor country or rich country, God can make you prosperous. He can make you successful. The internet has made that so much of an opportunity that it has diminished our limitations and it has increased our ability to have impact on the world. So another scripture is 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. Meaning there's nothing that's going on with you that no one else it has not been through. And the enemy loves to make you think, well, no one's as poor as you. No one's as unattractive as you. No one has as few friends as you. No one wants to listen to you. Remove the lies. Remove the temptation to believe the lies and to believe that other people are greater than you. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with that, the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. I believe that I, when I was single, um, temptation of the dream guy coming forth and everything seemed wonderful and everything seemed like, wow, I could have a great life with this person. And then the person wanted me to go against what's in God's word to go against my flesh, to, to give in to fleshly desires. And I knew immediately that wasn't a person God sent. That was a person the enemy sent to rob and steal my faith, to rob and steal my um, citizenship in the kingdom of God. And I started recognizing the pattern. So then the next guy would come and he'd even be grander but it would be the same place. Then the next one would come and they would always come with everything I would ever want or dream. And I started then laughing because then I knew who was sending these people, that it wasn't, I could tell by what they were after, what they were into, what they were talking to me about. When a man comes and he's talking about all of your outward attraction, and isn't getting to know your inward person and your values, then you know your challenge. But I will say something which is interesting for folks in church. I found that the men outside the church were more respectful of my faith than the men inside the church. So ladies, don't fall for the trick that because they're going to church and they're in church and maybe they'll know how to do the honorable thing. Or maybe, well, if we slip up this one time, he'll probably marry me because we're both in the church. No, he won't. He won't. Whether they're in the church or out the church, you have to have the respect and you have to fight against the temptation of the enemy. Make sense? Let's not make the wrong decision of believing that God sent someone to you that's going to tempt you, that's going to lead you astray, and he's from God. Those two things don't go together. Wrong decision, okay? What's the right decision? Your self-worth, your self-value, your faith. Someone who truly respects you 
and loves you is going to value that you have a relationship with God. That's why they're attracted to you, right? They couldn't have been attracted to you because they thought they could have sex with you because when they talk to you, they should know who you are. You shouldn't be trying to be something that you're not. Be attractive, be exciting, be engaging, but represent your kingdom. The Lord, when we when we think of, wow, this is hard. This is hard to do. Psalms 28, 7, the Lord is my strength and my shield. We're warrior women. If you're on this podcast, you're not here because you're weak and frail and dainty and have no abilities. You're on this podcast because you have a faith and you have a purpose and you have a drive that's in you that the Lord is pushing you forward with a momentum from the Holy Spirit. So when you say the Lord is my strength and my shield, that means everything I'm going through in my life, whether I got a crazy boss or uh, crooked relatives or uh, a verbally abusive husband or whatever that may be, or financially strapped or sickness or children gone, gone wayward, that the Lord is my strength and my shield. In him, my heart trusts, and I am helped. My heart exalts, and with all song I give praise to him. If you are dealing with sickness and disease, what I want you to focus on is where your strength comes from, not from the drugs the doctors give you, not from a shot. And I'm not telling you to stop taking those, but what I want you to realize is don't make, don't accept your sickness. Fight back on your sickness with the word of God and with saying my heart trusts in you to be healed my heart trusts in you to be fixed that what man can't fix my Jesus can fix heal my mind let me think powerful thoughts to bring healing to bring um, to unwound my heart okay so I want you and if any of these areas You know, 2 Timothy 2.15 says to do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. You know that when you're doing your best, you know that when you're engaging in a relationship with God in prayer and in reading his word and in guess what? Making choices that may be painful. You always know when you're doing right because the choices are painful. It's painful to not argue back with someone who's cursed you out. It's painful to not say anything, isn't it? But you know it's Christ-like because what did he do before the cross? It's painful to maybe even not fuss with your husband when you know he's wrong. Guess what? God knows that you're right. You know that you may be right. Let The enemy can't argue with you and you can't be in a battle if you're not in it. You have to be invested in a battle to be in it. If someone chooses to have a battle with you, whether a boss at the job, a co-worker or friend, if you go silent, the battle is dead. So decisions. We need to make good decisions that bring us good living. Right? In our money, in our career, in our relationship choices. Don't let your children see men coming in and out of your life. I've realized that a lot of young women today don't have seasoned um, or spiritual women 
to coach them and give them guidance on their life. I had a young woman say, well, my son needs to know that I date. No, he doesn't. Children don't need to see their their mother dating this three, four guys in a month. You want your children to respect you. You want to have respect for yourself. Don't be desperate in your call. Men smell desperate women. You give off a scent. Men also smell smell women that are worth cherishing and keeping. And how you get that smell? By living your life for the Lord. Living on purpose. Living knowing that you're a king and you're a part of a kingdom. And every citizen in a kingdom, there are rules and there's a way of living. Just like in your town right now, there's a city ordinance. Wherever you live in the United States or whatever country you live in, there are rules. Rules of a driver's license, right? You can't drive if you don't have a license. Rules on walking on the sidewalk. You're not supposed to be walking in the street, right? There are rules for everything. When you drive your car, there's a stoplight. And if you don't stop, you can crash and die, or you'll definitely get a ticket. The same thing when we choose to live a Christian life. The Lord lays out a blueprint for you to have success, for you to have healing, for you to have prosperity. And if you choose to walk that way, then you're choosing a path that will lead you to success. If you choose to ignore it, wrong decision. Here we go. Wrong decision number one. If you choose to not walk that path, you lose, you fail. And your life will be not purposeful. You'll be sad. You'll have a lot of broken relationships. You'll lack identity. And you'll be seeking people to make you feel better. And guess what people do? They can only do that for a short period of time before they you're too overwhelming and they move on to the next person. So I want you, as I mentioned in that scripture in Psalms 28, 7, the Lord is my strength and my shield. I don't want you to think that man is your strength and man is your shield. No man can protect you like God can protect you. His protection is 24, 7. So when we think of wrong decisions, I hope today has stirred you to think about, you know, making your list in your journal of what are some, what are the last three or four, whatever decisions you've made that you deemed were wrong? And why do you think you made them? And think, keep asking yourself why. So if you said, I bought, I bought shoes, but I didn't have the money. Why? Because I like the shoe. I like shoes. Why? Shoes make me feel special. Why? I wasn't feeling great that day. Why? Because somebody disappointed me. Why? I use shoes when I'm depressed. Why? Because I needed a form of comfort. Why? Because I'm lonely. Do you see when I, if I had you in front of me and I kept pushing and pushing to why you're lonely, what does God say? He will never leave you or forsake you. 
So who instilled in you? I would take you deeper to why you're lonely. And when did this loneliness start? And can you think back to a time in your childhood where loneliness was a problem? So you see, we could start with shoes and we could wind up down a path from your childhood. So I want you to to think deeply about or maybe even do it with a friend. You know, someone that you may be close to that you can have them ask you the why and push you to the point to be transparent and to be truthful. And then when you get to what that lie is, then you pray and ask God to forgive you for believing the lie. And then you speak what God's truth is. What's God's truth is his word. So I hope this exercise helps you today in defeating making wrong decisions and choosing to make decisions that bring you life, liberty, victory, and purpose. In Jesus' name, be blessed until tomorrow.